We're going to move right into the message tonight. Um, I have just, I've just had the Lord minister to me on a very, very personal level tonight in this time of worship, uh, which I'm so grateful for. We, we need this, don't we? I mean, there's nothing like the beautiful, wonderful, awesome presence of the Lord. And when we come to victory, we know that we're not in a, a restricted or religious structure that is going to, you know, hinder that. And that is very purposeful. You know, you go into some churches and, and everything is a rigid structure and they're moving fast and they're, they're moving their program along. Um, and that program has to be hit at record speed or as they did in Ben-Hur, ramming speed. How many remember that, ramming speed? All right, five of you. That went over well. <laughs> so um, anyway, we'll try something else. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're not in a hurry. Um, <clears throat> but where we're, where we're going to end up here soon, I don't, I don't know how long I'm really going to be. Um, we're going we're gonna to end up in the altars tonight to to continue to touch the Lord. And <clears throat> I believe there's a there's a real hey Mark, what's up? <laughs> you ain't gonna miss that tree that just walked right past me. That um, that I believe is a is an important shift, and it's a it's a it really is a mindset shift. And it's this: uh, how many of you are familiar with the word repent? Now, repent is not a dirty word. How many of you know that? Repent is a glorious, beautiful word. Repentance is a great gift from God. It's a great gift that God bestows to us. That he longs for us to come unto repentance. Amen? In 1 John um, chapter 1, it talks, it talk, it, the, whole, the whole book is to the children of God. My little children, my little children, over and over again. And he said that if we come, if, if we confess our sin, he is faithful in what? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord delights and excels in forgiving sin. It's what he does. He's, he's masterful at it, and really he's the only one that can do it because of the blood of his precious son, our beloved Jesus. But to repent, we know, truly means to turn away from sin. It's what it means. To repent, it means to turn away from sin or turn away from iniquity or turn away from temptation. But there's another aspect of repentance, and it means to change your way of thinking. To repent is to change your way of thinking. And what we have done in this hour so well, especially in the American church culture, is that we have, we have trained people to make sure that they come to church to touch uh, or to, to be touched by God, right? Come and receive a touch from God, right? Come and receive a touch. Come and receive a touch from God. But there, there needs to be a unique shift 
that happens that we actually come together to touch God. We have to come together as a family to actually touch the Lord and engage with the Lord. I want, I want my life every day to touch the Lord. I want where my, my affections are set upon to reach out and touch the Lord. I want Him to be honored by the things that are going on in my mind and in my imagination and, and in my spirit and in my soul. I, I, want, I want the way that I live and my actions and who I'm engaging with. I want it to actually touch the Lord that He sees I'm thinking of Him. I'm thinking of Him. I'm worshiping Him with my life. I'm touching Him with my life and the things that I'm engaging in. When we come together, I want you to come to victory saying in your spirit, I am coming tonight to touch the Lord. I am coming tonight to minister unto the Lord. And if we can shift into that realm of thinking, Instead of just coming so desperate, and the world is sick, and the world is crazy, and the world is radical, and the world is being turned upside down, and there's no doubt, and there's no denying every one of us need a fresh touch from God tonight, including me. However, however, the first priority is to make sure we come and honor the Lord, and touch the Lord, and minister unto the Lord. That's why we are willing to be a church that ministers to the Lord for an hour, or an hour and 20 minutes, or an hour and 30 minutes, or, an, or two hours, or what, just whatever we need to do. And the truth is, is that if we said amen, then we've accomplished, we've already accomplished what we're called to do tonight, because we came together and we enthroned him. And where there is worship, there will be a throne. And where there is a throne, there will be worship. And so we have done what we are called to do. But we've come to touch the Lord. In the next few moments, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture out of Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to obey the Lord tonight. Um, uh, we could really be in the thick of it tonight. I mean, we could, <laughs> we, could, we could be back in Ezekiel 38 and 39. We could be back in the Gog and Magog war. We could, we could hit the Psalm 83 war. We, we could hit it all. And I'm going to say a few things before we go deep diving in Mark 5. We're going to look at just a short, compressed package of Scripture tonight of a fascinating, marvelous story of a miracle that unfolds. And I'm speaking to you tonight about touching God, touching God. This is important specifically to me, and I know my, my wife will remember the very, the very first time that I ever ministered from this text was in 1994, and I was invited to speak at a church just outside of Columbus, Ohio, and I was surprised at the invitation, and that night, my wife will remember, um, I, I brought a message that night on what will stop your bleeding, what will stop your bleeding. And tonight, I want to minister really out of the same text on touching God. Are you there? Mark chapter 5.
All right. While we, um, just stay with me for the next few minutes, okay? All right, three of you. Well, stay with me the next few minutes. <laughs> All right. S stay with me tonight, please. Please. You know, I I'm just a transparent moment. I'm not feeling really well tonight. I haven't felt well since really since Thursday morning. And I'm not feeling well again tonight. We, we had a big assignment on Thursday night. We were downtown uh, with the First Lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis. We had an amazing time meeting her, connecting. And then I had a special privilege of being part of that night, which was just really awesome. And uh, the governor had already left town, so we weren't able to spend time with him. And, um, but I, wasn't, I was not nearly feeling 100%. I'm not feeling 100% tonight. Um, but I'm here to honor my king. Amen? And he, he's here. He's here. I, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm not only feeling well, but I'm, a, I'm in a unique place, and you're probably in a, a, a unique place as well um, because the world is the world's crazy. And <laughs> while, we, while we sit here tonight, um, there's much moving in Israel. And while we sit here tonight, our military is on high alert here in the United States of America. Our embassies in the Middle East right now are on the highest alert. And tonight the world is on the brink. I'm going to get to Mark chapter 5. Don't think that I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> Don't you dare even think I'm going to forget about it because I'm not going to. That's right. I'm Brian Gibbs and I approve that message. So... But, but truly, the, the world, with all jokes aside, folks, it's on the brink. We're, we're on the brink of something staggering. We're on the brink of something we've never seen in our lifetime. We could be on the brink of World War III. We could be on that very brink. The world and the church is standing at attention. We are watching. We are preparing. The U.S. is sponsoring a double proxy war against the Iranians and the Russians. China is going to be going into Taiwan. North Korean weapons have now been discovered in Gaza. The United States' own State Department, while we sit here, has now just issued a worldwide travel ban to all countries. Our military bases throughout the world are under attack. We just had, as a nation, we just had to shoot down two Iranian missiles. Putin has been in China meeting with President Xi where they're coordinating Middle East policy. Joe Biden, who's an utter filthy disgrace, is spitting in the face of Israel. We have two American Navy strike ships sitting in the Mediterranean Sea right now off the coast of Israel, ready for war. Biden just tested one of our new nuclear weapons, detonating a massive nuclear bomb in Nevada, just days ago.
Middle Eastern enemies are pouring through our southern borders right now, have been everywhere. There's talk of terrorist cells everywhere. Axis News reported this week, just two days ago, this has been the heaviest, most chilling week since Biden has taken the office. I want to stop and I want to pause. We're going to read the scriptures in just a minute. I promise. Do you see what a stolen election has done to the entire world? It's not just in America. See, leadership actually affects the world. Leadership affects the world. So Biden tells us in his address this week to all American citizens, yes, that he is that wartime president. He's a peacemaker. He's sending $6 billion unfrozen dollars to the Iranians. He's sending $100 million to Hamas, $14 billion to Israel, $60 billion to Ukraine, $5 billion to the Saudis, and $2 billion to Taiwan. While our nation is trillions of dollars in debt. But the big guy in the Oval Office, he's got it covered. You all know who the big guy is, right? Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely ludicrous. It's absolutely insane. Our family shut down things last night in the living room and lights went out. I couldn't go to bed. I was praying. I was up. I was moved on by the Lord. I started communicating with some intercessors and some leaders throughout the country. I started communicating with Dutch Sheets and some others. And To be very honest with you, the atmosphere was very heavy, and it's still heavy. It's very, it's very heavy right now. It's very intense. It's very thick. I'm not telling you anything you don't know because you, you are experiencing, experiencing this. You are living it with me. I'm living it with you. It's very real. It's very tangible. It's all around us. But I was telling the Lord last night in my prayers about midnight or just after early this morning, I want to touch you with my prayers, and I want to touch you with my intercession for my nation. I want to touch you for America right now. I want to touch you for Israel. I want to touch you for those who are in captivity. I want to touch you for the innocent that are caught in an absolute hellstorm. I want to touch the Lord. I want to be part of the ecclesia and the tribe in this hour that's going to not retreat, but touch the Lord. And engage in his heart. We are, we are in a very dangerous, dangerous time, ladies and gentlemen. We are in a perilous time. And the reason I, I'm, I'm grabbing at why the Holy Spirit has led me this way, and I have to be obedient to do what he's asked me to do tonight, 
because, you know, I've been beating the drum loud and hard. I mean, even, even the response from the Torch podcast that went out yesterday, wow. I mean, wow. And I could be in the thick of that context tonight, but I have to pivot and go the way that the Lord wants me to go. And so I'm going to go there. I, I sense in my heart that perhaps the, the reason why the Lord is leading me this way for this message for just the next few minutes and moments before we come into the altars is because we have to be a people that accesses the place that we have as covenant sons and daughters to come before the throne of God and learn how to be powerful, powerful as the ecclesia in this hour and learn how to exercise our faith and use our faith in an hour that is absolutely gross and dark, but we're going to stand and burn and burn with holy fire in this hour. We're not going to be quenched. We're going to burn in this midnight hour. And we're going to cry out in faith. We're going to cry out in faith. And we're going to say we're not going to be moved. God is not going to allow his ecclesia to be moved in this hour. We will not be shaken in this hour. We will not. We will not cower to fear in this hour. God has not given us So we're going to push all the craziness aside for a few moments. And I want you to look at this text. Now when Jesus, verse 21, had crossed over again, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, my daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, Ha! 
you see the multitude thronging you, and you say you touched me? He looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So powerful. Powerful. If you're going to take any level of notes, I want you to grab a hold of this. Because this, this moment was actually, her faith was a game changer that broke open the gateways for other people's miracles. I'm going to say that again. It was her faith that was launched into action that broke open the gates for other people to begin to receive their miracle the exact same way. And in Luke chapter 6, you can put it in your notes in verse 19, it says, and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and he healed them all. From the time that the woman with the issue of blood broke through the crowd and reached through and touched Jesus' clothes, And the issue of her flowing blood was healed in her body. Word went everywhere and spread because of this woman's great faith. And people got in on the secret, and they said, if that woman could just touch the hem of his garment or his clothes, then guess what I'm going to do? They began to seek Jesus out everywhere. The multitudes came. They thronged him, and they just wanted to literally touch his clothes. But I tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this word is far, far deeper than being able to just touch clothes. This is about learning how to access and touch the very heart of God. It's a fascinating story. Stay with me the next few minutes, guys. She had done all that she could do. Look at the text. She had done all that she could do. She spent all the money that she had. She suffered with doctors year after year, 12 years. She suffered with doctors 12 years, treatment after treatment. She lived with humiliation. She lived with isolation. She lived in a state of loneliness. The bleeding alienated her from living out the dream that she had in her heart. Did you hear what I said? The bleeding alienated her from the dreams of living out a normal life and the potential of a husband, the potential of her dreams of romance and intimacy. It ruined perhaps her dream of having children. Or her dream of becoming a mother. This issue had consumed everything in her life. This issue, this issue had taken over everything in her life. This flow of blood had canceled out many dreams. It was this issue that overtook her mind continually every single day. 
This flow of blood isolated her from her family. This flow of blood isolated her from worship gatherings and worship services, religious services. She was thinking, how do I get this fixed? How do I get my body to start cooperating with me? How do I get this fixed? How do I live a life of just getting out of being vexed every day that this certain issue is overtaking my thoughts and my mind and everything, every single day, it's taking the joy out of everything. Yet Jesus says to her, go in peace, be healed of your affliction. The word affliction is very key tonight. It means torment. Affliction means misery. It means anguish. It means to be vexed with hardship continually. Listen to that again. Affliction means to be vexed with hardship continually. To have pain or tribulation. That's what affliction means. He said, go and be at peace and be healed of your affliction. What am I getting at? Jesus healed her body, but he also healed her mind. He healed the deepest inner recesses of her emotions. He healed her in the place of soulish toil. And finally, she said, I've entered into peace. I've entered into the shalom of God. Finally. Verse 26 says that she grew worse, no better Doctor after doctor, spending all of her finances. This is a woman, what, what was happening? She's facing bankruptcy. She's facing pressure. She's facing fear. She's facing anxieties. Let me ask you a question tonight. Have you ever been in a situation that you have done all that you can do? And all after all, after all that you have done, the situation only gets worse? I have. She heard about Jesus, verse 27 and 28, look at it. She heard about Jesus, and then she spoke faith. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment, for she said, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. It's a very practical, simple point, but if you're going to believe, you're going to have to speak it. If you're going to believe something, you're going to have to decree it. If you're going to believe something, you're going to have to say it. You're going to have to act your, activate your faith. This is how faith works. You have to believe it in your heart, and you've got to say it with your mouth. This is how we got saved, Romans 10, 9 and 10. For it's with the heart man believes unto salvation, and it's with the mouth confession is made Unto salvation. It's what the heart man believes unto righteousness. It's what the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's how we literally came into the kingdom. We believed in our heart. We stepped into that realm of grace, believing in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection of the Father, raising him from the dead, and that he was the Christ and the Lord. And we, when we believed it, we confessed it with our mouth. And according to the word of God, it says, when you do that, you shall be saved. You don't need to question your salvation, ladies and gentlemen. 
How many of you know you are saved this night? Let me see your hand. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you wave at me. I know that I'm, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know that I know I'm clean. I'm born again. She said it. Somewhere she had heard about Jesus. Somewhere. And when she heard, faith came into her heart. And she said, if only I could touch his clothes. But it was actually her faith that touched his heart that made virtue flow. It's a true story about the touching of his clothes, his prayer shawl, his tallit. There's depth in it, but it's far deeper. Her faith is actually what touched God's heart. God hears what you say. I want to strengthen this church tonight. God hears what you say. God hears your prayers. You are known in heaven. You are known in heaven. He knows your voice. He knows your voice. He knows the cry of your heart. You're his beloved daughter. You're his beloved son. He knows who you are. He hears what we say. I think the Lord even, he's able to discern and detect the power of what we're saying through our tears. He understands what we're trying to articulate when we are broken and when we're hurting. When she touched Jesus, power went out of Jesus into this woman. Power. (laughs) Power. It's that word virtue. The very essence of God shot through Jesus and went into this woman and touched her at the very core and the genesis of what was causing that blood to flow. That bleeding from within to be stopped, and she was made whole in a moment that there was a transaction of faith that touched, but it not only touched clothing, it touched the heart of God. It touched the heart of God. She didn't learn it. (laughs) She didn't learn it through a manual, the seven steps of touching the robe of the master. (laughs) It's a new teaching series that I got. It was powerful. No. Her faith touched God. Grab a hold of that. Her faith touched God. And it touched, it touched God in such a way, I want you to listen to these words, that it literally stopped God in his tracks. And I'm going to pause to just intersect this. We're not playing games here, what we're doing. What we're doing. No, no, no. What, what, what God is building here will be holy. It'll be right. It'll be pure. It'll be no games. It'll be no gimmicks. It'll be no hype. It'll be no movies. It'll be no stupid little silly stuff. While the world is burning, people are playing church. 
What is being built here is actually about touching God's heart in such a way that he says, okay, I'm going to let the deluge of my presence flow. Flow. And when I do, everything that it touches will be made whole. Everything. They will come in queer and they will walk out straight. They will come in possessed. They will walk out free. They will come into the glory of God and be transformed. I'm talking about a flow of the glory of God. I'm talking about a church that learns how to reach out and touch God. And if we do, heaven will flow. The river of God from the throne of heaven will flow. And it'll heal what has to be healed. And it'll heal minds. And it'll take out gender dysphoria and sexual confusion and all of those demonic things. All those demonic things that they paraded downtown at the gay festival today in Sarasota, Florida. That's not going to stand in our city. The Lord has the final word. The Lord has the final word. Wait a second. You mean, you mean, or, or let's, Brian, you mean that there's a potential? There's a potential of touching God greater than others touch Him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a potential of us touching God far greater than others are touching Him. I want you to let that one sink in. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, so familiar. Without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible. Wow. Well, nothing's impossible with God. Oh, you really? Look at right there. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I love that about the character of God. He wants to reward. He wants to reward. When we use our faith, he wants to release the reward of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God flowing in power and dominion, miracles, signs, and wonders. So there's a perplexing question that Jesus says in verse 31. It's in your lap. Look at it. But his disciples, Jesus says, who touched me? (laughs) This is wild. Who touched me? But his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? The disciples are saying, Jesus, are you for real? Are Are you for real, man? What are you talking about? Has the Lord been in the sun too long? You know, Judas said, Lord, check your wallet. Who touched you? 
Some of you get that tomorrow. I, Thomas said, Lord, I, I really doubt somebody touched you. <laughs> Who touched me? And this is where we're camping out for just the next few minutes, and I'm going to close, because she touched Jesus like no other. You've got to grab hold of that. She touched Jesus like no other. Something was different in her touch. Something was different. There was, yes, yes, there was desperation. Yes, she was coming to the end of all that she could do. Yes, she was coming to the end of everything that she could do in the physical state and her financial state. But she reached with faith and expectation because she had already said on the inside of her, when I touch him, I will be healed. She had already said, and he told her very plain, the reason you have been healed is because of the faith that you access that you put in me. Oh. She stepped out. She stepped forward. She did something very bold. You see, her, most of us understand this. We know this. But her, her, her illness made her unclean. It made her disqualified from being in the mix of the crowd, yet, <laughs> I want to say it to you like this tonight. She was disqualified from being in the mix because she was unclean, but she was willing to break the rules to get to Jesus. And that means you've got to risk everything by using and activating your faith. And I'm going somewhere tonight because we're not just talking about accessing faith or using faith for our little world or our little selves or our little budgets or our little dreams. I'm talking about accessing heaven right now for our cities, regions, states, and the nations of the earth right now. We haven't seen anything yet. You, the the anti-Semites all over the world, they're just ramping up, baby. You're going to have to be able to stand your ground in this hour like never before and stand in your faith and say, as for me, I'm standing on the Lord's side. I'm standing with the Lord. I'm standing with His beloved. I'm standing with the apple of His eye. And I'm going to access heaven on the behalf of those that stand at a wall and don't even know his heart yet. They have their own brand of righteousness. They have so much zeal, but yet resist the very righteousness that God says only comes through my beloved son. And this is why we must use our faith and activate our faith in this hour and say, Lord, let the spiritual blinders and the scales come off in this hour that they may behold Yeshua, the Master, the Messiah, and their faith will come alive and they shall behold Him. I'm talking to you about touching God tonight. I'm talking to you about touching God tonight. <sighs> My notes are having babies up here. There's notes and 
I'm like, there's just too much, there's too much, there's too much, there's too much, there's too much. I've got seven pages and it's just too much. I'm going to modify this message and we're going to wind down in a minute. I want you to go to Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5 for a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meander over into an area for a little bit. You all okay? Yeah. No, for real. Are you okay? Yeah. And I, guys, to be honest, I'm doing my best. I'm not, I'm not feeling good, but I'm doing my best, okay? Just, just stay with me, and I'm going to stay with you. You're, thank you. You're awesome. Thank you. You know, here at Victory, I, I want to touch God. <laughs> I, listen, if God would have called me and Brenda to Anchorage, Alaska, we would be there tonight. But I thank God he did not call us to Anchorage. <laughs> I, just, I just want to shout a hallelujah. I just want to touch and agree. Are you feeling me, Mike? Come on, brother. I would be there. But God called us here. And I thank God, I, I, I'm telling you, I love this city. I love this city. I love this region. I love that God called us here. We, we walked out of the, uh, the hotel of the gathering with Casey DeSantis the other night. And, you know, it was a wonderful gathering. I don't know, about 800 plates, 800 people, 800 plates. and We walked out, and it was such a beautiful night, and there was such a beautiful breeze blowing through the city, and it was just great. My wife looked magnificent, and I was holding her hand, and it just felt, it just felt like a magical moment, you know, like, wow, that feels really good. But I'll tell you something far greater than that is when I looked up, I said, Lord, this shouldn't be this hard to preach. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he said, Lord, I'm just so thankful. I'm so I'm so grateful that we live in Florida at this very urgent, critical hour. And I'm so grateful for the leaders that you're raising up in this hour. Folks, it's look, if, if you don't understand it yet, we need an amazing Donald Trump and we need an amazing Ron DeSantis. And we need we need it's it's not about it's not about you curse one and throw the other away. No, we need a dream team. Do you understand? The Bulls needed more than Michael Jordan. They needed Scottie Pippen. And then it's really deep. And I'll tell you the Greek about it later. And so it's it's. We guys, we are we have to break the famine of leadership in this hour. And I said, Lord, I'm so grateful that we live in Florida for such a time as this, because we are in a battle of the ages. Folks, things are on the brink of insanity. And it's going fast. And we've got to stand up 
and be leaders. And I walked out. I thank God for our first lady. I thank God for Ron DeSantis. Could you imagine what our lives would have been like the past three years since the insanity of the pandemic that hit this? Can, can, can you imagine what would have happened if we would have been under Gillum? Don't you tell me that leadership doesn't matter. Don't you tell me that leadership doesn't matter. That the guy that was down there that was found in a hotel room with a bunch of fag porn stars down there with drugs in the room. He could have been our governor. How would you have liked that? What do you think he would have did with our kids in this hour? What do you think he would have did about education in this hour? Okay, anyway. Yeah, it sets me on fire. I thank God for the leadership he's raising up. And I'm going to keep praying for our great governor and Casey DeSantis every single day. I'm going to keep my commitment. I'm going to keep backing. I don't back people because they're perfect. My God, you back me. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to you know, impress you to make you think that I'm, I'm perfect because I'm not. But you've got to back real leaders. Now, when I say something like that, I'm not talking about sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to make that very clear, very clear. That's not what I'm saying, okay? We're not making excuses about stuff like that. Here at Victory, we, we have to be a church that we touch God. And we touch God with raw worship. We touch God with raw passion, raw intent. We're not going to run through the gymnastics of doing church or doing worship. And this is what God says in Amos chapter 5. God, help me finish this message tonight. This is what God thinks about forms of godliness. He says, I hate and I despise your feast days. <laughs> wow. I don't savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fat and peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. Wow. For I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments, but let justice roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Look at it again. For I do not want to hear the melody of your stringed instruments. But let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. There's something that God is aiming at. This people forgot what was most important, justice and righteousness. God didn't want to hear their songs anymore. He was sick of it. Uh, let me say it to you like this. Their worship service was bothering God. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been in some meetings. and I'm not talking about victory. I've been, I've been in some meetings, I think if God could, uh, if he would open my eyes and I was standing in the middle of what was going on, the Lord was plugging his ears going, la, 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 la. <laughs> I just had that visual today and I started laughing in my office. I was like, yeah, that's something you would do, Lord. Because Jesus said the Father is the one who seeks out those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You know what that means? I want to give you language for it. It's got to be a heart transaction. You've got to touch the heart of God. You've got to touch the heart of God. You've got to touch the heart of God. I, I, 
I rewind 30 years ago. I was 20 years old. I remember traveling, being Rodney Howard Brown's personal assistant, and I remember the night that he said these words. The great men and women of God that God is using in this hour, it's not because they're so grandiose or so significant. It's because of this one revelation. These people have touched God, and God touched them, and that's why they're being used so mightily. And that's the secret sauce right there. When you touch God, when you touch God, and then God touches you. And that's what she did. That's what she did. Jesus said, who touched me? And disciples are looking around. They're clueless. Lord, everyone, everyone is touching you. For goodness sakes, what is going on here? But there's a touch that God pays attention to. There's a touch that stops God in his tracks. There is a touch of faith that accesses God's heart. And that's, that's what we got to get down to the nitty-gritty about in this hour and get very serious about. Are we going to be the people that really gets a hold of the heart of God for this hour and the challenges ahead? Because a lot of people are going to be swept away. That can never be our story. I want to be a family, a community that touches God. And when we do, then he releases the flow of his virtue, the flow of the river of heaven. And it comes. And listen, what it can do, this is not hyperbole. It's not grandiose. It's not anointed imagination. God can literally transform a city if a church touches him just right. We've got to have vision like that. There's a touch of faith that's very genuine that God responds to. It's a touch of faith that's genuine. There's a touch of authentic, genuine worship that touches God. And it actually helps us to create a throne. As my friend Tommy Tenney would say, where we literally begin to create the throne zone. And what that is, to, to actually build the throne zone is, is to actually build an atmosphere like architects. Look this way. We're about to close. That when you come to this place or you come into our new prayer center that we're about to open up and you get in there, you understand your assignment. You may be bleeding from within. You may be dealing with stuff, but you are not dragging yourself in. You walk in there and say, this is my assignment. I am here to touch my God. I am here to access heaven. And when you do that, I guarantee you, he will touch you from within. And whatever is bleeding on the inside of you. Look, I could throw this microphone through every row in here. And you could tell the story of where you were once bleeding and God touched you and healed you. I, too, am a recipient of the very essence, the very virtue of Jesus that came in and healed me from the inside. Healed, healed my mind. Healed my imagination. Healed my body. Healed the past. And so are you. And there's a touch of love and honor that causes God to respond to his people.
And with that, um, we're going to say a formal benediction <laughs> and a closing in just a moment. Man, I wanted to, I wanted to be firing on all cylinders tonight and be thundering about a whole lot of other stuff that I'm known for beating the drum on. But the Lord said, no, I want you to go here. And I'm just trying to be obedient. The ecclesia has to touch the God of heaven, the almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in this hour. We've got to touch God. We have got to touch God, almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have got to access heaven for America. We've got to access heaven for Israel, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to access heaven for the states of this country because we're in serious trouble. We're in serious trouble. And we are not going to be the people that's just going to bunker down and cover our heads and be afraid. This is a time where we need a fresh anointing of the courage and the boldness that only comes from our great God and Father. One of the families, there's, there's been a lot of stuff going on in this church this week. It's been, it's been a very, very challenging week for a lot of people. But the other night, one of our couples wrote me and told me about the great difficulty that they were facing. And I said, in some of the words, I said, this is, this is where you lock in with God. And this is where you get alone with God and you start worshiping him. And you touch him. This is where you learn how to break through all of the hurt, all the disappointment, all the offense, all the stuff. This is where you get alone with God and you start worshiping with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. And you touch God until this thing breaks off of you and lifts off of you. This is, this is where you have to do it. You, it's the secret. You have to learn it. And, and you can't escape it. No one's exempt from it. No one. Let's be a people that we touch God. Let's be a people who are not weak or dragging in here just so that we think that we can get our needs met or that, oh, I just pray that God would touch us. Yes, there, there are times like that and the world is nuts and it's going to be, listen, I, I understand it. There's times where I come in here and I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I had more notes, I'd throw them right now. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I want us to be the people that accesses the throne of God, that we touch God, that we look at one another and say, we're going to touch God. We're going to touch heaven. We're going to touch the throne. We're going to access heaven. And we're going to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to see God move in our city. We're going to see God move in our community. We're going to see God overturn this in our state. We're going to see God overturn this in Washington. We're going to see it. We've got to stand in faith. We cannot lose faith. Remember what Jesus said, when I come, when I come, will I find faith in that hour?
I want to be and you want to be the people that's standing valiantly as a warrior and saying, God, I believe. And I'm fighting with you and I'm standing with you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Hallelujah. Henry, will you gather all of this mess for me, bud, please? You didn't have to play drums tonight. I'm just giving you something to do here. <laughs> Daniel did great. Hallelujah. Take a hand next to you. Honey, would you come join me here? Amen. Are you taking those home? What are you doing? <laughs> Thank you, God. You know what? Before I pray, look look this way if you can see me. I know that everybody's standing now, but yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do the wave. <laughs> let's step up here, honey. <laughs> that was kind of a funny moment. Um before we pray, I want, I, want, I want to say this. When Jesus was walking through those streets, and she sought him out to find him, their world was being turned upside down. The Roman Empire was brutal to Israel. And they were, ag they were agonizing to be set free. Agonizing agonizing to be set free. And Jesus was walking in the midst of all, of all of the chaos and the upheaval of the government, wars, bloodshed of the Romans. But the beauty of it is when he was walking those streets, he revealed how much he truly cared for any individual that got in proximity to him. And that a simple woman going through 12 years of a nightmare could just reach through and grab his clothes and the miracle flowed. It just shows you the thoughtfulness of the Savior and the beauty of Jesus that everybody matters. And there's not, there's not anything that you are going through, my friends, my brother, my sister, that God is unaware of, and He cares for you. He cares for you. And His virtue can flow to your brokenness tonight. His virtue can flow to where you need healed tonight. He cares. You know how I know that? How am I so confident? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's the same as when the woman reached through and touched his garment. He's the same tonight. So, Father in heaven, as we stand before your throne, make us a people who touch you and access your glory. Your glory that it would 
fall in this room and it would go forth from here to the nations. That it would go forth from here to Israel. It would go forth from here to all of America. Teach us the way of faith, Lord. Teach us the way of the warrior to use our faith in this hour. And Lord, for those that have bleeding going on on the inside of them right now, relational bleeding, bleeding from dreams, financial bleeding, whatever, whatever it is, Lord, right now, by faith, as we stand as a family, we speak that your virtue be released right now. Your virtue be released right now and flow to the very epicenter. Let it flow to ground zero of their body, of their mind, of their memories, of their emotions, and deliver them, Lord, and heal them. We speak your shalom and your peace to them right now at the name of Jesus. And we say, be healed. And we decree, we receive your healing virtue in our bodies. We receive it, Lord. We receive it. Amen. 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 To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Tell somebody, to God be the glory. Amen. I want our ushers, our, our ushers, our altar team to come. Our altar team. Tonight, thank you, Cody. We want to, let me have that. Yeah. We, we want to release you tonight. And if you need prayer for, you need prayer for any reason, come. And let us, let us use our faith and partner our faith with you for breakthroughs and miracles. Amen. Father, may your power flow in this time through this wonderful team, through this family, family to family tonight. May power and virtue flow. And Father, we bless the Victory family. And may this be a week of angels protecting you Angels of God keeping you wherever you go. God opening up supernatural doors for you because you are his child. Favor upon you. Joy upon you. Whatever we see in the news in this coming week. Whatever we face. Whatever we see in Israel. Whatever we see in the Middle East. Whatever we see in America. That God would keep you safe. He would keep your heart. He would keep you burning. He would keep you well oiled and ready for the hour. We bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Amen and amen. Good night, everybody. You need prayer. Come now. Good night.